Hi, everybody. This is the Codependent Perfectionist Podcast, and I'm Alana Carvalho. I'm a licensed mental health counselor, and as always, we're talking all things codependency and perfectionism. And today I have a guest on that I'm excited about. Um, his name is Robert. I'll let him introduce himself in just a moment. But Robert and I go back just a bit because he was actually a student of mine um, in the mental health counseling program that I taught in. And then Robert also has worked for me. So we have, we have quite a history together. So Robert, just share a little bit about yourself. Hi, everybody. Um, and thank you, Alana, for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Uh, so my name is Robert. I am a licensed mental health counselor as well. Um, I am currently working as a career counselor at the CUNY College of Staten Island, where I also graduated from and where I had Alana as a professor. Yes, and that was, that was a wonderful introduction that we had together, I have to say. <laughs> and so today we're going to talk about codependency and relationships. And specifically, Robert was happy to come on and share a little bit about his perspective on relationships that have a codependent base to them. So Robert, why don't you share a little bit about your thoughts on relationships that are based in codependency and, and what you see um, as maybe problematic? Sure. Um, so what I wanted to start with uh, before we kind of dive into romantic relationships and the codependent patterns that that can sometimes occur in a romantic partnership, I wanted to preface the conversation just by saying that just because somebody might um, care about what other people think about them, that doesn't necessarily make them codependent. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of stuff out there right now about self-love and about, um, you know, seeking validation from other people. And I think sometimes it gets confused that, um, caring what other people think about us is the same thing as codependent or leads to codependency. And it certainly could, but um, I just wanted to to clarify that we as human beings, we care what other people think. And I think that that's actually a part of our human strength as opposed to uh, a pathology or a weakness or something that can be considered a negative thing. So I just wanted to point that out first. So I guess maybe let's stay there for a moment, Robert, before we dive sure. into the other topic. Could you maybe point out to the audience when you feel like it becomes something that is codependent? Because it, it can really be a, a characteristic of a codependent relationship or a codependency issue. But when do you see it move into that territory? I think it moves into that territory when it becomes a need and it becomes a need for you to maintain a sense of self-worth or self-esteem um, outside of yourself. So I think when you're seeking that validation and without it, you can't kind of stand on your own in your self-worth or self-esteem, then it becomes unhealthy. And I think that that is anything to a certain capacity, right? Like if we need anything to validate our self-esteem outside of ourselves, then it becomes unhealthy. Right. I also see it when uh, people are not able to make certain decisions because of fear of what other people will think. 
right? So right. maybe I won't pick a career path that I want or I won't date this person or, you know, whatever it may be because I'm concerned about what people will think about me. It could even be something as simple as what I choose to put on that day, right? I mean, that, right. that can also become a codependency issue. Right, because codependency, you know, is rooted in kind of like conforming, right, to somebody else's needs before your own or somebody else's person outside of who you are. And I think that that's where it becomes unhealthy if you're seeking that validation and you need it so intensely that you start to conform to that other person. And that kind of leads into the romantic relationship piece and how that shows up in a partnership. Great. So let's talk about that a little bit. So in my work, I've seen a lot of people who have issues in their relationship or they're coming in about um, wanting a relationship and not being able to find it in the way that they've wanted it. And what I've noticed in a lot of people that come in with those issues is that they are utilizing their partner's love for them and the validation that they experience from that as their barometer for their self-worth. And I've seen it like rooted in a, in a number of different reasons or a number of different things. Um, just as an example, I've seen a lot of people who didn't get or who feel like they didn't get the love and affection from a caregiver or the validation that they were worthy from a caregiver or a parent. And then it translates to their relationships later in life, their romantic partnerships in the sense that they're still seeking that, that love and validation from someone. And if they, they don't get that or they don't experience that from their partner, if they feel like if their partner doesn't love them, then they're not worthy as a person. Right. So not only not worthy of, of romantic love, but love in general. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think you know, that, that really is a big one for people that yeah. struggling with, pretty significant codependency issues, right? Where they're, they have a void of sorts from their own childhood trauma or wounding and are looking for someone else to make them feel whole and make them feel lovable. Right. So I'm yeah, and Oh, go ahead, Robert. I was just going to say that um, what that leads to or what that, what I've seen that lead to is this kind of, need for their partner to to demonstrate their love for them and and what that kind of leads to in in terms of behavior and the relationship is that conforming that we were talking about um and it, it tends to it tends to escalate to a point in the relationship that the codependent the more codependent partner is not able to make decisions and not able to show who they are authentically in the relationship because they're so fearful of losing that love or of that love not existing because they did the wrong thing, in quotes. Right. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about, how you particularly see this playing out. So that's, that's definitely one way that that happens, right? The person becomes so fearful of making even sometimes minor decisions that might upset the other person and upset the relationship and, yeah. you know, they have so much stake in what that means that they're not willing to do that. I'm wondering if you see it play out at all in, in other ways that the audience may um, be able to relate to. 
So there's a lot of ways that it could play out. Um, some small ways that like you might not think of are like some, to put it into context, some bigger ways I see it play out is like isolation from other people in the person's life that they care about because they're so catering to their partner that there's that isolation from other people. And then kind of smaller ways are just within the relationship, like a difficulty with expressing to a partner something that bothered them or something even as minor as not being able to say that they don't like a certain restaurant for dinner, right? Something so small that you, that a lot of people don't even think of as being a big deal, but it would be, I've seen it be so difficult for people to even express a difference of opinion with something like that because of the fact that they're afraid if, if it's not in alignment with what their partner wants, that it's going to cause some kind of conflict and that that love and, and affection from them is going to be at risk. Right. Yeah. And that's, it's so common, right? That as codependents, we don't ask for what we'd like from the other person. And you're right. It can be something as minor as what I want to eat for dinner tonight to something much, much bigger than that. And you see people who go along in so many ways. And the difficulty that I always talk about is, you know, if that just felt okay and, and was really fine, okay, that's one thing. But that's not what actually tends to happen. There's a lot of resentment that builds up in mm -hmm. relationships when we don't share what our needs are and don't ask for our needs to get met, right? Right. Right. And I've seen resentment lead to like these big issues in a relationship like infidelity. And then, you know, it, it creates this cycle then of self-blame for the partner who's experiencing a little bit of that codependency because they're like, then they blame themselves for the infidelity and ignore all of the resentment that led up to that infidelity. Right. Right. And it starts that cycle all over again. And then they feel like they have to repent for that and it becomes, it becomes a really destructive cycle in the relationship. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, as the audience that's listening is most, most of, most people, excuse me, are, are here because they want to figure out, like, what do I do about this, right? So if I'm in a relationship and, and I'm identifying with the things that you're mentioning here right now, what do I do about it? How do I, how do I go about working on these things? So I always say to start small. I always tell the clients that I work with to start small with that and just start recognizing the patterns that you tend to be in when you're engaging with your partner. Um, so to start with that example of not being able to decide or not being able to express where you'd like to go for dinner or what you'd like to have for dinner, um, start with something like that and just start to recognize, oh, I just did that where I said that I didn't know what I wanted or I, or I left it up to my partner again without actually expressing the craving that I actually am having right now. And once you start to notice that, I would say then to start challenging that and start to even, even if you impulsively say, oh, I'm okay with anything, what do you feel like? Because that's typically how codependents work in that way. Um, and it's impulsive. Sometimes you don't even have a second to think before you, you say that. Right. I would say once you start to notice it, even if you say it impulsively, go back and retract it. Start to say, actually, you know what? I said that I wasn't sure what I wanted, but I actually think I do know what I want or I actually have this idea. Right. And start to slowly integrate that 
and then start to work on bigger things as you as you progress. Yeah, I think that that's a really great tip for people and, and something that I often share as well, because, you know, we can't start with the bigger things. We can't start with the more emotionally charged situations and think we're going to be able to work those first. No, we have to build up to that, right? And right. And get to a point where we feel like, yeah, I can do that. And we can't do that until we start tackling some of those smaller pieces. And also, right. you know, the, the thing around communication and codependency is such a huge one. And, and that's probably one of the biggest things I work on with people is the communication piece. And you're right. You know, we often get, I think, caught up when maybe the first thing we said wasn't what we wanted it to be. Or, you know, we misspoke. We weren't clear. And then we may feel like, oh, I have to continue on with what I just said because that's what I said. Rather than... Right exactly what you're describing, which is we have to get clear. And so we can go back and take responsibility for saying something that was incorrect um, or, you know, not true and instead clarify to the other person. Right. And, and right. I tell people to do this all the time in relationships, especially, you know, parenting relationships, this is really important and romantic relationships too, even in friendships, right. We have to, we have to clarify something that we might have said that actually wasn't accurate to what the truth is for us. Right. And that doesn't mean like in a relationship, especially in terms of like the communication, like you're speaking to, it's okay if we do that. It doesn't mean that we're wrong or that, you know, we're going back and changing what we said that we're kind of like flip flopping. We're allowed, we're human, right? We're dynamic and we're allowed to, either change our mind or we're allowed to think on something and reflect on something and then clarify it later. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's where that perfectionistic piece comes in, right? Is that oftentimes, you know, we get, we can get so worked up when we don't say that something the exact right way we wanted to say it, you know, but that takes, first of all, it takes a lot of time and practice to work on communicating clearly and mm -hmm. honestly and effectively, right? But also, even those of us who have worked on this stuff for years still screw up all the time, right? I mean, yeah. you guys who are listening, you could hear, I, I'm not always 100% in what I'm saying, right? And I have to go back and say something different or clarify it or use a different word. And all of that is okay, right? That's our humanness right there. Absolutely. And I feel that too. I mean, I, I can share that I myself have struggled with that as well. And it, it does take time. And I think it's always something that you're, that you're working on um, to clarify, you know, what you're feeling or what you're thinking and to communicate in a way that's, that's clear and effective. Right. Absolutely. So I'm wondering, Robert, are there any other tips that you could provide for people that are working on this in addition to that, the idea of kind of starting small and going back and clearly communicating, what else do you think would be helpful for people who are beginning to become aware of their codependency issues within, within their relationships? I think something that's really important is to have a support system throughout the, the experience or throughout your journey with it. Um, and this could be a therapist, this could be a friend, this could be a trusted family member, somebody who can kind of keep you accountable throughout the process and somebody who you can, who you trust to let in on, on what you're doing and what your goal is. 
so that you can kind of process it with someone and also they can keep you accountable and you can be very clear and you can even practice the clear communication with this person and say, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is my goal here. I'm trying to work on these patterns. Can you kind of observe me and, you know, or in our relationship, in our dynamic, can you let me know if you feel like I'm not being true to this or can you let me know what you observe and just kind of keep me on this path? I think that that's helpful for a lot of people. Sure. And I also um, would just add to that. There's some great groups out there that can help with codependency issues. I have a couple of groups where we work on these things, which you, which I can tell you more where to find out some information about that. But I would also just say, and I always kind of warn people when they start working on these issues that when you're doing, when you're utilizing your friend or family as a support in this way, you have to make sure they're the right person, right? They have to right. be a really trustworthy person that is safe enough that you can be really vulnerable with and you don't feel like they're going to throw it back at you or hurt you in some way for just being your honest and authentic self with them, right? And so right. any of us, because we have lived for so long with these issues, it's we don't have that many of, of those people in our life. And even if we, we've been working on this for years, it's unlikely that you'll have a multitude of people who um, are also working on themselves and, and being in their authentic authenticity, excuse me. Um, you know, so just be mindful about who you ask to help you with this and making sure that maybe there's somebody who's also in a journey to in towards their own self growth. That feels important for me. What do you think about that, Robert? Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree that it's important to assess whether or not the person is the right person for that. Um, and that might take really a lot of reflection. And I think what you said about the groups is really important as well. You know, I had the pleasure of working with Alana in a group um, where she touched on a lot of these codependency issues with the people that were in the group. And I was privileged to see, like, I was privileged to come into the group when it was a long-standing group, right? A lot of the, the members were members for a long time. And I was able to witness some of the members almost being in the, the therapist role, right, for the other members, or I wouldn't say the therapist role exactly, but being in the role of holding each other accountable. And it was really great to see. And it's like, even though they were all struggling with codependency in different ways, they were able to help each other stay accountable and, and kind of have that objective view, but also utilize their personal experience. So I think it, it's really, really helpful. Yeah, that's why I love groups so much. There's something that's just such a unique experience about being in a therapy group. And you're right, it's, it's the ability for you to have peers that hold space for you in a way that most people in your life just can't. And it's not mm -hmm. because they necessarily don't want to, but it's because they're limited. You know, when other people aren't working on themselves in the same way you are, you can't expect them to hold space for you in the way that you may need it to happen, right? And that's where, right. like, a group process can be such a wonderful addition to your, to your work because it's a safe group of people that you don't have to go home to at night and worry about, you know, who's making dinner and whatever. You could just go there, do the therapeutic work you need to do, have safety with it, and have such a great amount of support in the process. Yeah, 100%. 
So I think we covered some really awesome things today in a short period of time in terms of this codependent, these codependency issues in relationships. Is there anything else you'd want to share with the audience, Robert, before we wrap it up? Um, the only other thing I really just wanted to say before we wrap up is in terms of the self-worth piece, you know, I think we talked about some things that people can do in the romantic relationship to kind of question that codependency and question that behavior. But I think the self-worth as a barometer, right, for, I mean, the, the validation from a partner or the love of a partner as a barometer for self-worth, um, that piece of it. Of course, that lends itself to the fact that there is an issue with that self-worth piece to begin with. That's kind of at the root of it. So I would just encourage people to explore that, to, to reflect on that, and to try to find ways even outside of the partnership to develop that internal sense of self-worth. And whether that's by going to therapy or that's by you know, engaging in hobbies, interests, um, a certain career path that is a good use of your strengths, whatever that might be, I think that that's really important as well to, to foster that sense of internal self-worth um, and there, therefore be able to function in a relationship healthily without needing that person to validate you in that way because you already have it with inside you. Right. And, and I would just share, and I agree with that, Robert, I just would add that, you know, building your self-worth, learning to love yourself, it's such a big process. And mm. a lot of people worry that it can't happen overnight and, and it can't, right? It's, it, it can take years and years for us to come to a place of truly being able to feel a lot of love towards ourselves and not lean on other people in that place of need to fill that void that we're experiencing. And I would just say like something that I like to share with my clients in terms of them maybe differentiating a codependent relationship from a relationship that is not codependent is a simple statement as this. And there's a big difference between, and you touched on this, Robert, I need you in my life versus I want you in my life, right? Mm -hmm. Needing somebody signals that they're doing something for us that we feel like we can't do for ourselves, right? And when right. we can shift the relationship into, I want you in my life, it feels very different. I don't need you, but I want you. I enjoy our company. I, I, I enjoy our time together. I enjoy your love. I enjoy your presence. That feels very different from, I need you to be in my life. And right. when even, I think even just, taking that mentality and trying to move that into your relationships and shift, shift the mindset there can be really important for people who are working on these issues. Absolutely. And in terms of dating, which I think is such a huge piece of this, because we talked about this in the sense of kind of already being in a relationship, but I see a lot of people who are dating and who are looking for a deeper relationship with people. And the key in that and how it connects is that if you're being more authentic to yourself and you don't need somebody else and you don't need to conform to somebody else to, to feel like you're getting that love or to feel like you have that self-worth, then when you're dating, you're showing your most authentic self. And likely that's going to attract somebody who genuinely is interested in the things you are, who is genuinely wanting the things that you want. 
and the connection is going to be so much easier because of because of that rather than kind of dating and and you know i get a lot of questions why am i finding people who are the wrong people for me why do i keep going on these dates and i realize these people are the the absolute worst possibilities for me as a partner and i think this connects to that not in all cases but i think it's a big reason why people have such a struggle with dating because they're not showing up to those dates with their authentic selves. So the match keeps getting messed up. Sure. And I think that there's a lot of fear that comes up in dating, right? Around rejection and and all that goes along with that. And it's a really tough thing, you know, but for sure, I also let my clients know that, you know, as you're becoming more authentic and more yourself, you're going to get a lot of rejection too. And that is actually okay. That's a part of the process. You are not meant to be liked by everybody, whether that's in the dating world or otherwise. And you know you're working on your codependency when people stop just liking you all the time, you know? Um, Because as you become more authentic, you're going to have to shed that piece. And it will feel possibly really, you know, upsetting at first to not feel liked by everybody, right? Because you're so used to that, if that's one of your um, codependency uh, strategies. But eventually you will connect with people in a very different way that feels much more, um, I believe, connecting and rewarding. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, Robert. Yeah, I mean, just think about, how amazing that will feel when you do connect with somebody authentically based on who you really are as a person. And you know that that person really loves who you are um, and not kind of a mask that you were wearing for them. Right. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining me here today, Robert. I think that um, I just thought it was great and I hope the audience got a lot out of it. Robert, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? Sure. So I have um, a therapy Instagram page that I'm running right now. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's Robert Sullivan Therapy. Great. And as always, everyone, you can also follow me on Instagram at The Codependent Perfectionist, or you can check me out on my website. It's Alana, A-L-A-N-A, Carvalho, C-A-R-V-A-L-H-O, And there you can find more information on my book, on my Oracle cards, and also on the groups and services that I offer. So thank you, everyone, for joining. Thank you, Robert, for being here. Thank you so much for having me.